stretching is just part of the pie. You know, the healthy life pie, it's not just one thing. It needs everything to make it work. Hey, hurdlers, Emily Abadi here with episode 102 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they've gotten through some of life's toughest moments. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. This week, I am chatting with Joe Yoon. He's better known to his more than 1 million Instagram followers as Joe therapy. Now, full disclosure, this was recorded last month before we were all staying inside. I feel like that's kind of a disclaimer that needs to happen when I'm bringing you new content. So just for the record, Joe is a certified personal trainer. He's a licensed massage therapist and his client roster includes everyone from Olympic gold medalists to NFL pro bowl players and championship bodybuilders. In today's episode, we talk about everything from how he actually got kicked out of his major in college and how he rebounded from that hurdle moment to find a career as a fitness professional. We also talk about what it's like to be a new author. Joe's just released a book called Better Stretching, which I think is something so, so many of us can really benefit from right now as we lounge around the house day in and day out. In that book, you'll find a lot of gems, including three different 30-day plans designed to give you max flexibility results. Yes, please. Before we get to it today, a quick shout out to my sponsors, starting with Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a greens powder with 75 whole food sourced ingredients and the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. More than ever, I am so focused on feeding my body with as much goodness as possible. And that starts with Athletic Greens. With prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, superfoods, Athletic Greens is a part of my morning routine that I look forward to, whether I'm mid-marathon training cycle or just moseying my way over to my small apartment desk on a Tuesday. (laughs) They are offering Hurdle listeners an awesome deal. It is 20 travel packs, a $79 value, absolutely free with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. Next shout out goes to LinkedIn jobs. When it is time to hire, I know that finding the right person for your company is important. In both big corporations and small businesses, every employee has the opportunity to impact an organization. So when you are ready to find that next hire, LinkedIn can help. LinkedIn Jobs matches your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. Find the next great person for your business with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash hurdle. Again, that's linkedin.com slash hurdle to get $50 off your first job post today. 
as always at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. If you have a hurdle moment of your own to share, you just want to say hi. I'm always here to listen. You can email me over at Emily at Hurdle.us. Hope everyone's staying safe, sending you love from my home to yours. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Joe Yoon, otherwise known as Joe Therapy on Instagram, a massage therapist, a personal trainer, a jack of all trades, if you will. How you doing, Joe? I am well. Thank you for having me. I feel like you might be the first person that I've sat down with that I feel like has an extraordinary podcasting voice. I get that a lot. Uh, I don't know if I've bought in yet, but maybe <laughs> I've been hearing it a lot. So maybe I'll get into it. Maybe soon you too, like everybody else, <laughs> will launch their own podcast. Joe, what brings you to New York? What you got going on? I have a book coming out. It's called Better Stretching. So just meeting up with a lot of my friends who live in New York uh, and doing some podcasts like Hurdle Podcasts uh, <laughs> and just trying to get the word out. Awesome. So let's talk about why this book. Why now? What's going on? Yeah, so one of my things is a lot of people know me for Instagram and doing mobility exercises and stretches, uh, but I kind of live in that bubble. You know, I live in that IG bubble where, you know, I think I can reach so many more people. And one way was a book. Uh, And some people like to watch videos to learn. Some people like to read books. Some people like to listen to podcasts to learn. And I just thought it would be a great way to help more people move better and feel better. I love that. On Instagram, You have a casual 1.3 million followers. Does that ever like feel sort of weird? uh, Very weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I realize how big it is until my friends tell me about it. And then I'll get randomly stopped on the street in different areas. Yeah. And I'm like, and I actually had a freak out moment this, uh, this trip where I was getting some body work done. And I'm a little bit more well-known in the massage therapy field, too, because a lot of those guys follow me. And the therapist was like, oh, my God, are you Joe Therapy? And just started freaking out. And then when uh, the owner asked me if, you know, who I wanted for a therapist, I was like, that person right there. <laughs> and uh, I heard she was very nervous when uh, when she was working on me after the after the session. Because the first thing you're going to do is critique everything that she's doing. Yeah, to I, and I, I'm so chill everyone's like oh my god joe is a master massage therapist and i'm just like i'm so chill you just step on me press on me and i'm I'm a happy camper does it ever feel sort of weird that people refer to you by your instagram name yeah <laughs> people are like oh your last name's not therapy and i'm like no no, no it's can true. you imagine yeah it's cr- <laughs> legal legal last name change. i know well maybe i'll have to change it because everyone knows me as that <laughs> but uh, i made sure i put my real name on the book so people uh, important yeah people start calling me by my real <laughs> my real name Joe Yoon okay well Joe talk to me about life before you were Joe therapy growing up where were you born where did you get your start yeah so I grew up in uh, southern Maine South Portland Maine with uh, born and raised there did some sports kind of a typical life right it's just you start with soccer <laughs> and yeah. then you branch off into your other sports and I really started to get into uh, lacrosse and golf at the time and I really love that uh, and then ended up going to college in Connecticut so I've been a little bit all over the northeast uh, and this is probably the first place where I guess you could say I had my first hurdle was uh, you know I struggled in school 
Uh, a lot of people think I'm a physical therapist on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think I've gotten uh, kind of caught in that bubble of the rehab uh, niche uh, with all these videos. And of course, when you're a physical therapist, you have to have a, a very high GPA to get into school and get into graduate school. I did massage therapy after the fact, uh, but I struggled in school uh, and actually got kicked out of my major uh, senior year which was very devastating because not only coming from a stereotypical kind of like the Asian family where, you know, you want to be very good at uh, your schooling, uh, you know, I felt pretty much like a failure and like, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, growing up, uh, it's all about college. You know, it's, no one was really entrepreneur back then. No one was really doing their own thing. It was like, you go to college, you get a good job, you get married, and then that's kind of the progression. But uh, yeah, I went to college and did not do great. Not great at all. Yeah. So when a couple of things, first of all, what was the major that you got kicked out of? So so it was called diagnostic imaging. So uh, it was doing x-rays and then you would specialize in uh, doing like MRIs and CT scans. Uh, and I ended up getting three C's throughout the whole program which if you got three C's on that third one, you got kicked out of the major. And the funny thing was now, now looking back at it, I did great in the things like clinicals, the labs, absolutely crushed those. Uh, but when it came down to a little bit more like the textbook and test taking, I realized that was just way more difficult for me. And looking back at it, I was like, man, I probably should have maybe uh, picked a different program, not maybe go to a university where it was very textbook based or maybe, you know, go to like a technical school or a hospital to actually get that profession or get licensed for that profession. Uh, so, so it was interesting looking back at it now when you're in there, you're just like, why can't I figure this out? Why can't you know, I'm studying for so long and I still can't pass a test. Uh, you know, back then it's it was kind of like an uphill battle. <laughs> Before you said a lot of people think that you're a doctor of physical therapy. Do you ever experience imposter syndrome with what you're doing? A hundred percent. And more so before. Uh, before when I was trying to, and this is another thing, uh, trying to be something that I wasn't. And looking back at that college experience, you know, trying so hard to be that textbook, um, you know, textbook you know, learner and learn as much as you can uh, and be basically at the top of, you know, what you're doing. And I started realizing uh, as I started doing my Instagram posts, people started saying, you make things so easy to understand. And in my brain, I'm like, you know, that's great, but I also want to be the smartest person, right? I think everyone just wants to be the smartest person to outperform everyone else in their field. Um, and then I just realized, you know what, that's probably not me. Uh, I speak a little bit different. I speak in a lot more simple terms and also reading, reading, reading. And, uh, you know, that wasn't the most important part for me. It's making sure people understand what I'm doing and so they can benefit from it. Uh, so the imposter syndrome, I've heard this a lot. It's like, man, I don't think I belong in this field. But I almost have tried to put myself uh, not in like a medical field, but also but just below it where it's more personal trainer, massage therapist, and I let all the people who went to graduate school and invested four extra years of their, you know, of their time and a lot of money. I hear a lot of debt stories from uh, my my colleagues, um, so I let them take care of, you know, the very complex issues. Yeah. That you know what, um, that maybe they're better off handling. 
Totally. And I think that it's really valuable that you just own your skill set, right? Exactly. I think a lot of the time it's easy to get trapped in that comparison hole. And I can only imagine with the more and the more eyes on you, it can feel a little bit daunting. It's very intimidating and it's very crazy getting comments from everywhere that's uh, unsolicited. <laughs> you know, they just come out of left field. Uh, why aren't you teaching this? Why aren't you doing that? And I'm just like, wow, that's uh, social media is great, but you also get a lot of critiques, a lot of negativity. And when you start getting all these people watching you and following you, uh, it becomes significantly tougher. Uh, one of the things at the beginning was, you know, I really tried to ignore all the people who are negative. You know, I think a lot of people say, you know, just take all the negative people out of your life. And that's kind of what I did on social media, also in real life, too. Uh, but on social media, there's just so many more people unfollowing a lot of accounts. Uh, you can now mute accounts <laughs> uh, so you don't see it. And that was very difficult because uh, when I was getting all this negativity and I also was starting comparing myself to other people, which I think is um, it's tough when you're starting to grow something or you're starting to grow a business. You look at someone who's probably not in the same position as you, maybe further down the line, and they might be doing cooler things and looks like they're more successful. And you start comparing yourself to those types of people. And it really messes with your brain. It really messed with my brain at the beginning because I just started and I was looking at these people who were, well, it's IG world anyways, but you know, flying to places and with celebrities and doing this and this. I'm like, man, I'm doing nothing uh, compared to this person. So once I realized that's just concentrate on what I'm doing. I'll cut those people out, at least not look at their stuff. And it's crazy how much more focused you are and how fast you grow. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So talk to me about what happens after you get dropped from your major senior year. Yeah, I mean, that was tough because, I mean, it was that big failure moment. Uh, and it was probably the worst thing that could <laughs> ever happen because, you know, all your friends are starting to graduate. I graduated, but it was with a generic bachelor's degree. It was health and science studies. Sounds all right, but you couldn't get a job after school with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did have my bachelor's degree, which was, you know, it was OK at the time. But, you know, seeing all your friends, you know, finishing college and starting to get their jobs and uh, starting to make a, a decent salary to provide for themselves and move to cool places. You know, I struggled with that. Uh, you know, I took a, about a year off just to kind of just regroup and kind of see what I was wanted to do. Also applying for jobs to see if anything uh, bit. But that's right when I started to get into working out. I was, uh, you know, doing athletics in high school, but just going to the gym, you do your cable curls and your bench press and get the hell out of there. Yeah. That was it, right? Those beach muscles. Yeah, beach muscles, no warm ups, just get I in remember, and get out. <laughs> I remember I went on a date with someone years and years ago and I asked him what he liked to do in the gym and he just said, you know, just like the beach muscles stuff. You know, like and chest I had, day. <laughs> I had never heard that phrase before and I walked away from that conversation always just having such an appreciation for the beach muscles. Just the front side. Yeah, yeah. just the pecs and <laughs> the biceps and the shoulders. And that's it. That's it. OK, so you are <laughs> used to working the beach muscles. Yeah. And that's what I grew up on. It's like you you look at those the bodybuilding magazines, all about aesthetics and trying to pick up chicks. Uh, so, you know, I was working on like high school and college. But in college, closer to senior year, I started to actually dive into, uh, you know, not just, you know, 
chest and biceps every single day. You know, I started to go on the forums a lot. That's what I think was popular back uh, back in early, was it like 2009, 2010? Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have social media, so people would go online and read blogs and go on forums to learn stuff. And I was really getting interested in that. And then I would watch these YouTube videos, early YouTube days on trainers that would uh, coach people. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really getting into working out. I think I could train people. Let me try my certification. I think uh, that would be a great, at least career choice for now while I figure stuff out, right? Uh, So I ended up doing my personal training certification uh, and then moved to Massachusetts uh, just outside of Boston and worked at my first big box gym. Uh, And that's kind of how it started. And once you started working at your first big box gym, did you know right then and there that this is kind of the path that you wanted to pursue? Or was this still kind of just something maybe you were doing on the side? It was a work in progress. Uh, A lot of people think I'm extroverted and I'm actually introverted, maybe introverted extrovert, where uh, half the time I want to be alone. And then half the time I love being around people. Isn't it funny that we feel that we need to designate exactly what it is that we are? Exactly. Like everything needs a label. Everything needs a label. And uh, when I started to, I mean, I really had to step outside of my comfort zone when I did that because my manager would be like, Joe, you see that person down on the floor? Go talk to them. And I'm like, crap in my pants. I'm like, I don't know what to do, what to say. And I got really anxious and nervous. Uh, But that was really important time because it first got me out of my comfort zone. So I felt a little bit more confident. It also helped me build rapport with people and build relationships with strangers, which I do all the time now. Uh, And that was amazing. And then as that started to progress, then I could see it being a viable future. And there was something I enjoyed, which was, uh, you know, a huge plus. I think it's also important because so often when life isn't going as we thought that it would, we are so hard on ourselves, right? And you start to do this occupation, you start training, and you start to realize that you like it. And you have to give up what you thought would be to enjoy what it is that you have sometimes. And so for you, you're just, you know, doing the best you can with what you have. And I think that's so important. Yeah, it was really cool. It's you go into college thinking one thing and it's like, you have to do this. And then uh, graduating without a job and going into something totally different than what you thought you would uh, and enjoying it and seeing, okay, there's a lot of potential here. It's It, it was really cool at the time. It was really cool, but the pay was still shitty, but uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, I could see it going somewhere. <laughs> so talk to me about what happens after this first job at the big box gym. Yeah, so when I was at that gym, uh, I had the opportunity to shadow someone in Florida that was a golf uh, fitness trainer, but also therapist. So he was also a massage therapist. Uh, So I went down to Florida, had the opportunity to shadow him at a golf academy. And that's where I got exposed to the soft tissue side of things. Uh, He would have a student or a client working on their golf swing and his coach would be like, "Ah, you can't get into this position. Go see the trainer therapist and see if we can get you moving a little bit better. Uh, So I was watching that and he would just do a little bit of soft tissue work, some movement work, and then significantly better, could get into the positions that the coach wanted him to, and then go up back onto the range and fixed. And that's where it really sparked my interest. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm doing this technique, gets him into a better uh, position, and it really benefits these athletes and players. Uh, And that was kind of the light bulb moment for me. It's, oh, I can do this in real time if I'm training a client 
and maybe they can't get into a certain position like an overhead press. Maybe I can do a little soft tissue work to help improve that range of motion and then they can do that exercise more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just mind blowing. I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Uh, and then after I ended up enrolling in a massage therapy program that was part time. So I would train at 5 a.m. in the morning, train clients, go to massage therapy school from when was it 10 to 2 p.m. And then go back to the gym to mm -hmm. train uh, the rest of my clients. And I did that for about eight months, eight months. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually talking to someone who is writing their thesis for a master's program, and we were talking about how difficult it is to have a job while also having a side hustle, if you will. I remember when I was studying for my personal training certification, I would do my nine to five. I would take an hour break to eat and commute home, and then I would study for another three hours. And just by the end of the day, when you're up so early to work out and then you're working and then you're working again. It just, it's a cycle that feels like it never ends. How did you not get burnt out during this period? A lot of naps. Uh, <laughs> and it was tough because, uh, you know, in training you have the hours that people don't work, right? And I had a client that wanted 5 a.m. five days a week. And I couldn't say no because he was the majority of my income at the time. He was a great guy, which made it way easier. But I would wake up at four every single day, train. Even if it was just that person, I would drive 20, 30 minutes to the gym, train them. Maybe I'd work out myself some days and then I would drive back and then I would wait around, go to the to school. Then this is where my nap came into play. Also, massage therapy was cool because we would work on each other and then you had probably like 45 minutes to just relax and I would pass out and just start snoring on the table. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people did too. Yeah. Uh, and then after, you know, I would just maybe take a nap and then go back to the gym till maybe like 4 or 5 to you know 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And it's very tough. I give props to anyone trying to do a career change where they're just unhappy and they want to do something that they love and going back to school for it. Because, you know, it's like I didn't have kids or I don't have kids and I'm still struggling to <laughs> balance everything. So yeah. props to people. Uh, who have way more responsibility trying to change their careers. Totally. So you uh, go to school and you graduate from school. Is there a proper graduation from massage therapy school? Nah, it was like we go out to we went out to dinner and then <laughs> give us our certificate. And I was like, peace out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm ready out. to do this. So how do you start <laughs> implementing this into your day to day? Yeah, it was cool because I went into massage therapy kind of knowing what I wanted to do and how I wanted to format uh, you know, my sessions. Uh, so I ended up going right to Florida for uh, the opportunity at the Golf Academy. So they had an opening and stayed connected with them throughout massage therapy school and actually just kind of implemented and inserted myself into uh, their their golf school. So it was really cool. So I was doing my fitness training and then anyone who needed therapy or anything on the side, uh, they would hop in and see me or the other therapist. So it was very easy transition. And that's where I started to learn a little bit more about how to structure things, how to have a good workout program. It's a little bit more next level thinking uh, than just, you know, bust out, you know, three reps or 10 reps of bench press and go into this exercise. It was really cool. Learned a lot about, you know, assessing people. Right. And so when you're doing this, do you have an idea of where you want to take this aspect of your career or are you just con completely content at the golf situation or what do you have going on? At the time, golf was great because I grew up uh, playing golf, really loving the sport. And 
you know, there's a lot of different. I actually took a position up in New Jersey. Uh, I lived in Morristown, actually, not too far from here, uh, for a little bit to take another golf job opportunity. And I thought everything was going great, but there was just a cap and ceiling on, um, you know, it's not all about money, but you have to make enough money to live, especially up in this area. Uh, and I was just capped working for someone. Uh, and then that's when things kind of pivoted a little bit with my career. It was, I really love this sport and I love the training and therapy aspect of it. But um, right now it's just not paying the bills. Right. So I felt like I needed to pivot a little bit. Okay. So what happens in the pivot? So I became an entrepreneur, <laughs> which <laughs> was probably stupid at the time, but great now. I figured I was like, I can't make enough money working for someone, especially in the training industry. I think a lot of people in the fitness professional world, they know if you're working for someone, it's a lot, it's probably a little bit easier because it takes the responsibility off of you, uh, you know, like overhead uh, and rents and everything, but you're kind of capped at how much you can make. And that could be good for some people, but it just wasn't for me. I was, I wanted to kind of do my own thing. And you also have to rely on uh, not saying anything stupid because you represent a company now. And I was like, I just want to do me. So I decided to quit and I moved back down to Florida to become an entrepreneur. And then this is where I got that nice uh, kick in the ass. Like, what the hell did you do? I thought everything was just going to go back to how it was before I left. And I would get my old clients back. I would make the same amount of income that I did. Uh, and I was totally wrong. Everyone else had their own trainer. Everyone else uh, was part of Academy who already had a staff. Uh, and I could not pick up clients at all. So this is when I realized being an entrepreneur is way harder than it looks. And you should probably have a plan going in because I kind of wung it or yeah, wing it, wung it. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of questions actually from people that are looking at what I'm doing and they say, I really want to do my own thing. I totally, all of the perks that you mentioned, I don't want to have a boss. I just want to report to myself. And I feel as though while everyone could try to do it, there are definitely certain types of people or certain personality types that when presented with the opportunity to become an entrepreneur, they would thrive versus sinking. There's nothing wrong with being the kind of person that thrives in an office environment. Oh, yeah, no, no way. Like a lot of people talk about, oh, you have to be entrepreneur, entrepreneur. I'm like, you can, I have so many friends who crush it in their jobs and they are doing very, you know, awesome things, making great incomes, uh, but they work for someone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think for some different, for different industries, it's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how do you get out of the hole? Yeah. yeah. So that was, um, that was a tough part was I had to pivot a little bit and back in Florida, because a golf thing wasn't really working, I decided to pivot to more of the massage therapy side of things. And it was a big bodybuilding community down in Florida. Everyone's a fitness competitor and the gym I was going to is, you know, everyone's just pumping iron down there. Uh, and I realized a lot of people, they didn't really do too much recovery work. And there was only maybe one or two people who really specialize in working with athletes or bodybuilders to make them feel better. Uh, you know, while they're training or prepping for some sort of competition or an event. So I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll start working on a couple of my buddies. And this is where my Instagram started to come into play. Because I'm in debt. I have no money at all in the bank. How the hell am I going to get the word out? So of course, do all the referrals from friends. But I decided to start using Instagram 
as the big marketing driver for my business. So I would just be like, hey, hey, Mike, can I work on you uh, at the gym and record just a couple pieces of it? Like, of course, yeah, it's, you know, you're giving it for, for free. And you're also my buddy. So yeah, of course. And then I'll post it on my Instagram. Uh, and that's how it kind of started. And I was getting my book slowly start to fill up. And it was really cool. I mean, it's unbelievable how you can create something from nothing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was really cool. What do you mean, though, something from nothing in this instance? Yeah, just going from literally no clients to actually having, you know, a little side business. You know, I wanted to be my main business, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with it. How do I gain clientele? in this type of business because I have zero connections. Right. I just don't know where to start. And I was like, I just posted on Instagram and I kept doing it and in hopes that other people would see that I worked on their friends. And that's what happened. Uh, and that's, it's one of the reasons why I actually got one of my top uh, high profile track athletes mm -hmm. uh, was kind of through social media. It yeah. was very cool. And I know you did a, uh, a podcast with uh, Hastings. Yeah, Natasha. Uh, Natasha. Uh, so I work with a guy named Justin Gatlin, mm -hmm. and I travel with him. And the, one of the reasons why was because of social media. Uh, I worked out with it's his wife uh, now, but we worked out at the same gym at 5 a.m. in the morning, and she had no clue what I did. Right. So we would just pass each other, not even say hi, but she worked with uh, one of my trainer buddies at the gym. And then I did a session with someone else from the gym, he reposted it on his page saying great things about me. She saw that and said, wow, I didn't know you do therapy and you work on athletes. You know, do you travel? And I was like, I can travel. I am, I am capable. <laughs> I, am, I can do that. Uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, my boyfriend, uh, he's an athlete and, you know, he's looking for someone right now. Maybe I can get you a trial run. And that's how it started. Yeah. And you never know what you're going to get. Even if you have 10 followers, 100 followers, you never know who's going to see that one post, which I think is very valuable. Everyone's looking for that. I need to have a million followers. Like, no, you don't. You just need one. Taking a break from today's episode to give a shout out to LinkedIn. When you're ready to find that next hire, LinkedIn can help. LinkedIn Jobs matches your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn looks beyond just hard skills at things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability, you name it. Find the right person for your business with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash hurdle. Again, that's linkedin.com slash hurdle to get $50 off your first job post today. Let's get back to it. I mean, the important message there is that for one person, you could be making the biggest difference. And I think sometimes we can feel paranoid or worried about being vulnerable or transparent because we're scared of what the bigger audience will think. But when you dial it back and you realize that you have the opportunity to help other people, to instill change in other people, that's when you really home in on your message. That's when you kind of grab life by the horns and you're like, okay, 
like, let's make this difference for this one person and then see what happens from there. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and then, you know, working with the people in my uh, local community, that was huge. It's, you know, I'm starting to build a business. I'm helping these people achieve uh, their goals of competing. And uh, that's, again, now I kind of pivoted it again because I wasn't reaching, I felt like enough people, or I wasn't helping enough people because people would ask me, Joe, I love what you're doing, but I'm not in Orlando. Uh, you know, do you recommend anyone? And I was like, geez, like everyone keeps asking me that. Uh, and that's when I start to shift my Instagram to more educational stuff mm. where people could do things on their own at home. And that's where this kind of tennis ball thing came about. It's how can I self massage using a tennis ball uh, and I started putting that on and start helping more people that were not local to me. And that's kind of what started that big burst of uh, growth. So the tennis ball was the first like instruction <laughs> video you're saying? Exactly. So I used this when I started uh, a lot of it's stretching now. That's what people see. But when I started my social media, it was just self massage techniques because I was like, I'm a massage therapist. I'll keep it uh, consistent. And I would wave the tennis ball saying, hey, you just need a tennis ball for this and you just have to place it on this body part and just start moving it. And that started to gain a lot of traction on social because I think it's something that people didn't see often. Uh, it was a lot of fitness and then there was like a lot of yoga, but there was nothing really in between. Uh, so I started to get a lot of eyeballs on it and start to get a lot of good feedback from it. I think the thing also that's really special about what you're saying that you started with is like you just started with a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah. Very and simple. I know. And and so often, I mean, whether it's with a social media account or whether it's with running or God knows what, I mean, we are so good at overcomplicating things, right? Like people aren't going out there. And again, like with the running example, they're like, oh, I need these certain tights and a certain <laughs> shirt. And if I don't have these special sneakers and I can't go for more than 20 seconds. And the reality is, is like, you just need a will. Exactly. Everyone overcomplicates everything. And I think that's why I've been successful. You know, someone told me, Joe, you make everything so easy. A six year old could understand it. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it that way. But I guess that makes sense. It's really cool because... Not only do I keep it simple, people who are not from the U.S. or don't speak English, they can also understand a lot of the videos that I do because it's I'm demonstrating it. Uh, yeah, but everyone overcomplicates things. You don't need a fan. It's cool to have fancy stuff. Don't get me wrong. I have cool recovery devices and, uh, you know, cool shirts and shoes. But also you can just use something that costs a dollar or you probably just have one laying around and use that to help you know, make you feel better. You get hooked up with Justin Gallen mm -hmm. and you do some, where do you travel? Uh, so we've done, uh, we're probably going to go to Grenada. So we did Grenada uh, last year too, which is, uh, you know, work is hard, uh, but it's also <laughs> nice to do it in uh, beachy areas. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I've been to kind of the Czech Republic with him uh, when he won, won the world championship in 2017 for 100 meter over in London, which was my first time being in London, which was I love that place. Yeah. Uh, so just a little bit of everywhere. And it's very cool to see that side of things as well. This high level athlete and uh, what they do to prepare and their mindset, too. I love talking to people who are at the top of their game because they're not the same. You know, they are amazing people, but their mindset is just on a different level. And whenever I can pick his brain on things, it's 
Uh, it's pretty crazy. Can you let us in on any of the the hot tips that you've gotten from a mindset perspective? I think just the way high level people they analyze things and how they can break down. They're just obsessed with their craft. I mean, if you look at and I've worked with like NFL guys too and some other Olympic athletes who are in different sports. You know, one of his things is it's a nine second, ten second race, but he tells me how he breaks down each portion of the race and what happens if he doesn't do great at the start or maybe hey he does have a great start or that person has a great start and i'm like you're thinking of all of this in that short of a time literally split second i can't think of this stuff in the five minutes and you're breaking it down in just a split second uh and just being around these guys practices it's it's just a different work ethic and I think anyone who's striving to be the greatest, if you hang out with people who are at the top, you will learn something via osmosis or uh, just seeing their will. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And you'll probably be like, damn, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I can totally relate with that. So are you still to this day working out of the same gym or have you kind of moved on to bigger and greener pastures? Uh, so I was just working out at this gym and I've had, uh, I think this is my third clinic and when I say clinic kind of like office space uh, you know I started in just renting a room which you know had zero income so I just split I was like hey here's a portion of my rent or a portion of my sessions and let me use your room and they were cool with that then I rented my own room had another room and now I'm in a, a little bit bigger space about 1200 square feet we have uh, some power racks in there massage tables so it's very cool space so now I'm uh, in Orlando with a nice open area to work on people. When does the whole book situation come into play? For the timeline, I started my Instagram February 2017 from just a brand new account, the Joe Therapy account, to New Year's Day of 2019. So it was just under two years. I went from zero to a million. You know, I got approached and had the idea of a book, but I wasn't really ready. It was about the end of 2017. My business was just growing. And I was still really just concentrating on my in-person business and pushing uh, social media content. Uh, and then about a year later, I decided to, you know what, I think I'm ready for a book. I want to help more people move better and feel better. How cool is that, though, that you're already reaching so many people and in your head, you're like, I want to help more. <laughs> it's it's really cool to actually get this these comments that saying, hey, Joe, I just did this one thing and I feel so much better. Or I was in just a little bit of pain, but you helped me relieve it a little bit just from this one video so I can go work out tomorrow. Uh, I, it gets addicting. And I think a lot of people who go into personal training, I don't know about now, I think it might be a little bit different with social media. But back in the day before social, it's like we did it just because we really love what we're doing, right? It's not about the fame. It's just about to help people. So when I started getting these messages, I'm like, wow, maybe these simple videos that I'm putting out, they're making a bigger impact than I actually think they are. And again, you know, some people don't know who I am. It's just on social they do. But I want to reach again another demographic that might want to read instead of look at videos. Just for some background, for someone who has never looked at your Instagram page, what kinds of videos really are they finding now? Yeah, so it's a lot of self-massage techniques. Uh, and well, that's how it started, but probably you see more stretching and mobility videos. And I try to blend in a little bit of uh, strengtheners as well 
and everyone sees stretching on my page and almost think that's the only thing I preach. But I want to remind them that, you know, I started as a trainer, so I know how important strength training is, you know, the self-massage technique, also diet, which I uh, don't talk in the book, but I bring up it's stretching is just part of the pie, you know, the healthy life pie. It's not just one thing. It needs everything to make it work. Uh, so that's where you see my social media now. A lot of stretching, mobility exercise. That's primary uh, self-massage techniques. And then uh, a little bit of those active stretches or active mobility exercises. I thought it was funny when you walked in here. You said one of the biggest misconceptions about me is that people <laughs> think that I'm super flexible. <laughs> Why aren't you super flexible, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, again, yeah, everyone's like, oh, Joe does yoga all day, every day. Uh, he must be just like Gumby and do the splits. Uh, but for me, uh, for me, the most important thing is, uh, is being able to get into the positions that you want to. So being in athletics, uh, especially starting in that golf, it's like they only have to be as flexible or mobile as they need to be to complete their golf swing. If you're a you know power lifter, you just need enough mobility to be able to squat and deadlift properly. If you want to be a yoga instructor or you want to take it to the next level, then you need a little bit more mobility. For me, it's can I work out and do my exercises properly without compensating? And that's enough mobility for me. Uh, I'm probably a little bit above average mobility level, but I'm definitely not doing the splits and I'm not uh, doing these crazy movements. Uh, and But that's just not my goal. And I say this in the book, every person's body is different. Every person's goals are different. So if you see something, it doesn't mean it's right for them. It's just depends on what they want to do. What would you say? Why is flexibility overall important? Again, one of those big things is being able to get into position. So, uh, you know, I've taken a lot of group classes. I've trained so many people. And uh, the hard thing is we see so much uh, information out on social on YouTube and you see your favorite person squatting you're like oh I got to squat like that and then you squat and you look nothing like that uh, you need to know where your limitations are and if you can improve them and then if we can improve them that's going to make that exercise just way way better and uh, same with the athletics you know just taking track for example if they can't do a certain uh, movement or they're feeling tight in a certain area it's going to affect their race and at that level it's not you know, that one small thing, one-tenth of a second could be the difference between gold, silver, or not even being on the podium, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's very important from that, you know, perspective. What would you say life looks like for you these days? These days, so just trying to figure out how to reach more people uh, to help them. You know, I got the book coming out. I don't know if I'm going to hit the podcast scene yet. Uh, <laughs> sneak peek with Hurdle. <laughs> sneak peek, exactly. Uh, you know, continue to do this. You know, I have some other things in the works where I may be working on educational stuff too because I do get asked that a lot. Um, and again, I think that's also helping the professional side too to um, kind of sift through all the bullshit that's out in the fitness market just because, again, the... Social is very good, social media, but there's also the downside because if your intentions are not good with your marketing, then you're just spitting out really bad information for the dollars. I think it's also really impressive because if you look at your growth over you know, this short amount of time and you look at your product, it's 
like very streamlined content. It's very informative, helpful content. And that's why it's so engaging. That's why people are sharing it because it's stuff that everybody could use, whether again, you are that elite level athlete or you're Emily sitting in her fourth floor apartment (laughs) in New York City, which is great, which is great. It's a testament to you. I want it to be very accessible to everyone. And, you know, a stretch for you might be the exact same stretch as someone who's not as active as you, or then maybe Olympic athlete can use that same stretch. So uh, I want to show people that it works for everyone and it can help everyone differently. These days, life is a little bit different than it was a few years ago. You feel like you have a little bit bigger of a sense of purpose, perhaps. You want to help more people. Obviously, in doing that, you probably have people that you look up to. When you think about some of the best advice that you've been offered as an entrepreneur, what do you think of? As cliche as it sounds, is be yourself. Uh, When I was growing in the industry, I think you try to uh, latch on to certain methodologies and you look up to certain people, but then the creativity kind of goes away. And I think a lot of people think you have to be this person to be successful, me included. I remember looking at all these trainers back in the day and I'm like, I have to be charismatic like this guy to be successful. I got to do my business uh, that way to be successful. And when I started to you know, emulate this, it felt really uncomfortable. It just did not feel natural and I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere either. And I spent a lot of years doing that too uh, until I became an entrepreneur. Uh, I finally was like, you know what, let me put up these social media posts. And if they don't like it, then uh, they're probably not the right demographic for me. So I started to just be myself, talk the way I usually talk. You know, I think I'm, some, I'm a little goofy sometimes on my IG stories, whatever. But then people started to like me more, I feel like, and then my growth continued to go up. So I think that is one of the biggest things is, yeah, you can use a little bit of the model that, you know, the person you looked up to uses, you know, take pieces of what they do well and then that you think you can implement in your own business, uh, but be your own brand. What would you say has been the hardest part for you in the last few years now that you've really established what it is that you're doing, what you're working toward in your mission, which is clearly to help more and more people? Uh, it's the time management. <laughs> it's there's a lot to do and there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, I'm very proud of being able to do a lot of this stuff on my own. But I think there's a time that you start to go a little nuts and your brain gets a little scattered. So I think right now is trying to find a good team around me to help support the mission and make sure that these people have the same mentality um, as me to help people and put out good content for people to consume. Have you come up with any good hacks for the time management struggles? Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for buying books or listening to books on productivity, which is probably not the greatest thing because that just means that I'm not being productive. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think buying books on productivity means that you're hoping to be more productive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think those are the only books I have. So uh, I think I just need to find the one that really hits. Uh, one is doing, it's like having a streak. It's doing a little bit of something every single day. I've been trying to do that more because I have a tendency to... I'll just leave it off till tomorrow and I won't do it at all. And then that might turn into, I'll do it the next day. 
and just concentrate on one thing. So I like to put up a list of maybe like four or five things that I want to finish or accomplish. Uh, and I need to at least do one thing for it a day. Um, another thing is, uh, I think it's called Pomodoras or Pomodoros. It's you work for 25 minutes and then you do something for five minutes. You do like something unrelated for five minutes. Hmm. And I think this is actually a great tool for people who sit a lot because, uh, you know, everyone's talking about the desk worker and their posture and how they feel so uncomfortable. So I say, put some water on your desk, uh, drink your water, sip on that, and then work for 25 minutes straight. But at that five minutes, you're either going to have to pee <laughs> or I just want you to get up to walk around. And that's probably going to make you feel way better throughout your day. And you'll probably be more productive. And then you continue to do that. You just go back and forth. Um, and I've seen a lot of good results and people saying, wow, this is great because usually I would just sit at my desk for hours and hours and then my back starts to hurt, my low back starts to hurt. But breaking it up uh, makes a huge difference and drink enough water because you get hydrated and then uh, it makes you stand up and walk around. <laughs> <laughs> important, important. Okay, the way that I wind down the podcast without fail, right now I wanna ask you, you are looking back at this time in your life when you are a senior in college, you got the boot from your major, you're not sure what you wanna do with yourself uh, and you need a little bit of guidance. You have an opportunity right now, looking back on that hurdle moment to offer yourself one piece of advice. What do you tell yourself? then uh, not to be so hard on myself you know things are difficult but it's, it could be worse right it's I still had kind of a roof under my uh, my head and I think it's just being self-aware at the time uh, back then I was so narrow-minded it's like I had to go to college if not I'm a failure and there's no other options looking back at it now I realize you don't have to go to college really analyze you know, your life and what you're really passionate about and see if you can make a career out of it. Because uh, in this time of day, you can make money doing anything. You can have a career doing anything, which is blowing my mind. Because growing up, it's go to college, be a doctor, get a good job. Now it could be go to high school, go on YouTube or play video games on Twitch and make millions of dollars, right? I mean, that's the extreme, but people are doing it. So why can't you do it? So I would look at back at myself and just say, don't be so hard on yourself. Let's just regroup here and we can figure it out. And we have time too. I'm just figuring out my stuff. Just turned 33 and just figuring stuff out now. Just figuring it out. Just figuring it out. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me. No, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Please take a moment and leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect to the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Joe, where do they find you? How do they keep up with you? Give me the details on your book. I want to know everything. My first home will always be Instagram. So you can find me at Joe Therapy, also Joe Therapy on YouTube. Uh, I have a website, joetherapy.com. And you can find the book at betterstretching.com. But you can also find it at all of the, the retailers that sell books. Anywhere books are sold. Anywhere books are sold. Beautiful. I am at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 